Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. I must also say this is a very unusual evening because typically Colin and Dan show up here with their We Will Fix It uniforms on, and tonight they've come dressed in the James uniform. So we'll uh, we'll post all those pictures. We'll take a few more as well. We'll post uh, up, up something on Insta Live in a, in a minute because this is actually really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> we dug out our loudest shirts for you. <laughs> and they are very, they very are very loud. loud. <laughs> I think you've outdone me. I, I came in hearts. I, you know, I think we we all match perfectly. Well, I think the difference is yours is actually quite stylish. <laughs> I thought, we just look like a couple of clowns. <laughs> we do look like clowns. But yeah, this is my daily life. There we go. It's very <laughs> so. Okay, guys, I want to fire this out right away because you know everyone knows that the purpose of this show is to help you get things solved in your apartment, in your villa, in your shed, in your yard, you name it. If you've got issues going on with anything, these guys are more than likely going to be able to help you out and direct you on how you can fix that problem or possibly where you can go buy the stuff or you know what might be going on. And, and one of the goals, much like all of the programs that we do here on Nightline, is to get you one step ahead when you've got to make that phone call to your landlord, to the repair guys, when you're going to go out and ace and see if you can't find the parts yourself. One step ahead so you know what you're doing. And so I, I, people now flag me down when they see me. They go, you do that repair show, right? Can you ask the guys this? And I keep saying, well, why don't you SMS in? And they say, yeah, but I see you here now. Ah, and I said, on the spot. You got me there. So here's a great one that came in, and and you guys are being dubbed the AC experts now. Because, nice. And, and the weather is getting crazy. I mean, there was a whole uh, dissertation that was sent out by Colin today about what's going on with the weather, and uh, it's, it, it's, it's global. I mean, de- back home in Canada, London, Ontario, my son is, is living in the deep freeze. You were telling us last week, it's like minus 20 still. Well, it's not not so bad. They just had a nice storm, so it's it, it's gotten better. Oh, that's a good thing, is it? Well, it's better than snow, I guess. Mm, so yeah, so. Not so much. So. But it's gonna. he said that this weekend it's going to go up to 10 degrees Celsius. He's, Woohoo! Well, I know he's getting out the motorcycle. <laughs> he's saying this is great. <laughs> well, we've been keeping an eye on AccuWeather, as we often do, because we have to make sure that we're ready with all of our all of our teams, make sure we've got plenty of guys uh, ready for the, for the hot weather. And according to AccuWeather, the weather has officially gone ballistic it's now hitting summer this week uh so two weeks ago we were well below the historical average but now and what, what well, typically is that historical average at, at the moment between 30 and, and 32 degrees is, is average for the time of the year but okay. we're starting to hit 34 36 oh, so we know that we're, we're on or above the historical average and this is the point where people have been a little bit lax with keeping their ACs serviced, getting them clean, getting all that stuff done. They're now cranking the units on. They're really maxing it out, and they're getting failures. I mean, yeah. it's it's quite amazing that um, Dan's absolutely right. So right now, historical average is 32, 33. The lowest that it goes to next week is 37. Five degrees over. I mean, that's virtually unheard of. i got to put the windows in the Jeep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely <laughs> this weekend. It's definitely the time. And do it on Friday because the big change apparently happens on Saturday. Man. Yeah. 
What 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 happened to spring? <laughs> well, it has felt this year. That we've certainly seen that it's it's felt a bit cooler than previous years, yeah. just up until now. But that's that that change is just happening right this mm-hmm. week, and we're going Saturday Sunday from 34 to 37 degrees and hitting 38 during the week. So it's going to feel very warm. I, I did a lunchtime run a couple of days ago. Yeah, I know exactly. So <laughs> at that moment, Colin just made this face like, <laughs> why? And, and what I know. And when I finished this run, it was it was a short one. It was like 4.6 k. It was wasn't. Oh no, sorry, 6.4 k. So it was it was still short. But it, the the deal was, by the time I finished, I was just going, why did I do this? I mean, it was yeah. it was well beyond the pleasant running temperature. I felt good to be done, but it was just. Temperatures are definitely rising. I struggle to get into my car at the moment in <laughs> midday, so the thought of actually running yeah. in that. Yeah. And um, you know, it, you, when you think about it, four degrees doesn't sound all that much. No, does it doesn't. It? But it's the difference between quite warm and it is very warm. Yeah. And that very warm, especially you know for your daily life, it has a massive impact. Yeah. So yeah, now now is ACs. We had a great phone call last week, didn't we? Um, where uh, we, we were discussing about AC. smelly ACs. Yeah. yeah. But there's lots of different things with ACs. They they are kind of complex beasts in their own way. Um, and again, anybody who's got issues with ACs, um, you know, we're 97,000 jobs in, I think it is now. So we've seen it all pretty much. So anyone does have a problem, do feel free either text through to us or uh, come live on the air. Yeah. yeah. Or give us a call zero four four two three ten ten. We'll give out those numbers throughout the show as we do every every week. Okay. Here here's the question I got flagged with. So persons ask me a question about their AC. Okay. Saying the AC is working fine, but there's a squeaking sound. Somewhere in the ducts could be the fan. They, it, it sounds kind of like a... And it, it only happens on one of those split units. And they can't seem to find where it is. They've had guys in. No one seems to be able to find it. What do you guys think's going on? Quite common to be the indoor fan motor, which mm. can be coming and squeaking. It kind of, um, they, they spin very quickly to... to generate the airflow as they get older they start to kind of wobble on the axis a bit and they can get a bit squeaky so it might maybe that needs kind of re- realigning mentioned it was a duct so the other possibility is uh, now down i always get this wrong i call it a deflector um what's the balancer diffuser the diffuser the, no no the, the um the balancer so if um some acs operate with okay, two hold on. What's, the, what's the diffuser so the diffuser is actually the um, the piece on the wall itself, mm-hmm. um, which is there to uh, basically angle the air when it's coming into the room. Okay. Uh, could be that. You're absolutely right. But what I was thinking of was uh, when you have two rooms, there's a um, basically a balancer that operates to decide how much air goes into room one versus room two. And that's is that set manually inside? Yes. Oh. Yes, it is. There's a little, normally on the uh, underside of the duct inside the ceiling void, um, there is a um, a little kind of thumb press to to yeah. alter that. But you know, and unless you're, uh, you know where it is, then um, you wouldn't be messing with it. But over time, this can get quite loose, uh, and that can cause that kind of noise. Um, thirdly, uh, we spoke about indoor fan motor, but we didn't speak about the unit itself. Right. And um, the unit itself is mounted, but again, if you have a vibration on the main unit, it actually causes the mountings um, to to flex with it on occasion. Mm-hmm. So it could be that. There's lots of different things. There's a lot of moving parts with AC, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. But what you normally do is you go through it methodically. So you go one part at a time, 
time. Um, and it's one of those jobs where realistically, if you if you hit it first time, then you're doing really well. And again, when a guy's, uh, for instance, if there is a squeak uh, coming from a unit that's in a development where you know we work all the time, like you know the springs, the ranches, um, uh, Victory Heights, these kind of areas, um, the guys have seen it all before. Dead easy. Okay. If it's an independent villa, then you're starting at zero, and then it might take a few trips to get it. Okay. Um, but again, you know, it's one of those things that they can be really off-putting. So uh, it's important to get to the bottom of it. Especially if it's like, join your night's sleep. Oh, you that's always and... when they do the squeaking, isn't it? And that's what Absolutely. this person said. That's keeping them up at night. Once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Yep. It drives you nuts. And it's just, they, they told me it's just when they're getting into that REM sleep, this thing starts squeaking. And oh, it's just crazy. My my university, I always remember, the kids used to write on the desk, can you hear the AC? And you couldn't, <laughs> until, until you'd read it on the, written on the desk, you wouldn't hear a thing. But the minute you'd read, can you hear the AC? You'd be like, oh no, my afternoon's ruined. <laughs> That's an interesting one, that they just uh, that extra little nugget of information. So you said that it's just as they're getting to sleep yeah. that they're hearing it. So I would go through a test process if I was them, which is over time, um, from the moment that you t- uh, turn on the AC, all of your ducts are cooling down. So it may well be when they cool, they shrink very slightly. Mm. It's mi- very minor, but it might be that that's causing the squeak. So as a test, um, I would um, go two hours earlier with when you turn the AC on. Normally you turn it on when you go to sleep, wouldn't yeah. you, or as you're going upstairs to bed. But turn it on two hours earlier and see whether or not that has the same effect. Repeat it during the day as well to see whether or not, again, it's it's two hours in time it between time going on and then go back every 15 minutes or so so you get an understanding of whether or not that timing is there mm. pass that on to a, uh, a knowledgeable technician and if it is consistent timing every time so not happening when you first start but um, uh, after a certain amount of time uh, then uh, there's a very good chance it's heat related there we go uh, yeah, rules out a few things yeah we're getting all sorts of information here uh you know what we're gonna do we are gonna open up those phone lines in fact they are wide open right now isa may is sitting by ready to answer the phones and get you on air here we've also got an sms number Colin and dan joining us from we will fix it's a diy show we're helping you sort out everything that's going on in around and near where you live this is the DIY show. WeWillFixIt.com is joining us. That's Dan and Colin. And we're working our way through the issues that you're facing in your where, where you live. Things that just aren't working well. And a- Anthony has come through and says, uh, the sound that I made, that squeaking sound. Uh, and he says, I have a lizard that lives behind a picture in my living room. And it makes exactly the same noise that I, I made to imitate squeaking air conditioning. Maybe it's a lizard. Maybe it's a lizard. And lizards don't like being cold, do they? No. So no. maybe, like, two hours in, as described, yeah. he went, oh, I'm a bit cold now, off yeah. he went. It could be. I've got geckos at the moment, loads of them. Big ones, small ones? Small ones, the kind of anemic-looking ones. You okay. can almost see yeah. through them. They're, they're terrorising my cats. I've realised the cats can only jump to about one and a half metres, so they stay just above them and they run around the room. The cats jump up and chase them around. Nice. Yeah. I wonder what it took to get them to understand what height they could jump to. <laughs> yeah, how must many? have thousands, and you've now got two. Oh, there goes another one. <laughs> That's not nice. No, my cats just destroy them. T- tails off. It's, it's oh, not, it's not good. oh dear, oh dear. But, but apparently, they're really good for cleaning up insects. Geckos. Yeah. Yes, I've had that as well, actually. Yeah. I, I, I get quite a few birds in our backyard. The problem is I have dogs who don't really like the birds. Oh. And, but those birds were great at getting rid of ants and stuff. Like, there oh. were none. There, at one point, there were so many landing. And then, you know, the dogs just got tired of it. And now, 
not a single bird lands in my yard. <laughs> you need that bird table that we designed um, exactly. some months ago. Exactly. Can't believe you never made that change. We could have sorted your ant problem out, was, amongst was, other things. I was just worried about the dogs trying to jump onto it as, you know, tormenting these birds. So. Well, it was designed so that you could actually change the length. And, uh, you know, in I might circuit, have to make that. What was it? 1.4 meters, Dan, for uh, your gecko. Yeah, no, you a gecko stand as well. <laughs> another another uh, stopped on the street, and this is outside my villa. I got stopped. My next door neighbor also said, "Hey, you do the DIY show. You got a solution for this one. They're uh, they're garage doors, so they have those doors open in, but they're not. They don't have a motor on it. They're they're manual, and they tend to slam shut. And they're asking me, what do you think the solution might be? Why they're asking me is because you guys come in here." Uh, they, they're looking for some solution so that it doesn't slam shut all the time. So is this like a, um, a, a horizontal slider or a vertical slider? Vertical. Okay. Well so they're, they're actually, when, when, I, when I went over and took a look, they're on hinges. Okay. And they're just on hinges, and, and they manually have to open them. And what happens, near as I can figure, is because I said, well, why don't you just put down the, the latch so that it doesn't move, is they're opening them, they're not bracing it, and then they're flying shut with... You know, I don't know how much these things weigh. They must weigh a, a ton. So. so the normal way, I think there's something missing on this. Yeah. Normally there is a spring, which is like a compensator, ah. um, that is designed actually to take a lot of the weight off. Okay. Um, there's no spring on theirs at all. It's just hinges. Ah, well, it's actually it's a horizontal spring that if you imagine uh, when a door was closed, yeah. on the inside of the door, just above the opening, it goes for the full width okay. of, um, uh, of the door. I know that because actually I have a garage door that has one, and um, and basically it, it is there to take some of that pressure off, so that in uh, both directions, whether manual or automatic, either the motor yeah. isn't straining too much, or alternatively the uh, the human. And it's very very under by that. I'm very <laughs> impressed that they're actually old school. They're actually going old school at it, which I, is fantastic. I, I, well, where all of the villas around where I where I live are. You know, uh, full of fit people, eight, eight, eighteen-year-old vintage. So nice. probably when they put it in, they thought, ah, we'll never need these. Yeah, people are prepared to open a garage <laughs> door. They thought, didn't they? <laughs> How wrong were they? You know, and it's only once it's only once he mentioned that it keeps slamming shut that I now hear it. Uh, you know, at least once or twice a week, I'll hear this very loud smash and go, yeah, it's the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, the other thing I'm guessing that you could probably adapt, depending on the um, kind of positioning of it, uh, in effect, all that you really need is a damper. Yeah. Um, so to slow it down on that very final um, kind of process. So um, also, if it is slamming, it sounds like it's probably metal against metal. Yeah. So I would start off with either some kind of rubber or alternatively a, a really thick draft excluder. We've got um, foam tape, actually, that's available a lot. I was, in the I was room. thinking about the foam tape that's double-sided, or you can get those little rubber dots that go oh, between yeah. coffee tables Ooh, and clever. the glass. If you yes. get the, the larger size ones of those and run them down the inside, that'll stop the metal hit metal. Oh, that's yeah. IKEA, isn't it? IKEA's got those, yep. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Am I right thinking they're called Fixer? I'm sure we we got those. Do you remember? We put them in our Christmas packs. don't know. They sell them at Ace as well. Ah, yes. The large ones. Ace Ace Hardware, they could try some of those. Large rubber dots. Okay. Two solutions there. There Or maybe it's even three. Wow. There's a lot of options. And and none of those sound excessively expensive either. Sounds pretty. DIY. Yeah, I think the spring's got a bit of bit yeah, of cost the, to it. But the spring. But yeah. They're not going to go that route, I don't no, think. No, they're not going to go that route, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I secretly think they like that smashing, banging sound. It lets people know they're alive. Is it like a 5 a.m. job? <laughs> you know? Oh. 
Yeah. Welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I had at 5 a.m. this morning. One of those, one of those city uh, garbage trucks that was just sitting there with the the yellow light going on the roof in the window, and it was just. It's not really that dark at 5 a.m. anymore, but it was just enough that you're just kind of lying there in a stupor going, what is that? And, you know, you hear that diesel engine. And I thought, really? Why are you parked in front of my house? I've got an eight-month-old. I've been up half an hour. Yeah, you're already, you're already I'd have been downstairs with a baseball bat. <laughs> See, three different ways of dealing with it. See, there James we go. sleeps through. You're already up, and I'm there with my baseball bat. You know what I did is I reached over to the bedside table and got one of those masks that you get when you're you're going on a, an air, 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 airline oh. and just put one of those. It's solved. <laughs> that's, that's really clever, actually, you have that within arm's reach. You never, going. You never know. See? Bit, have you got earplugs as well? Yeah, you have. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice no, going. See, plans ahead here. Mm. Absolutely. We need some more of that, especially with an eight-month-old. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Imagine if he puts the, the earphones, if puts the earphones <laughs> or the earplugs in with an eight-month-old, there's going to be problems in that household. I, well, I was about to say, yeah, I'm not sure Timmy would allow that. No, no, Natalie definitely can, wouldn't. Can you just I mean, picture that? You know, the, it's the, brilliant. The eight-month-old starts making some noise, and you put on the earplugs and just roll <laughs> just over. Just about to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that video. <laughs> That would be a great video, wouldn't it? It is the DIY show, by the way, if you're wondering what you've tuned into. Dan and Colin joining us from We Will Fix It. WeWillFixIt.com is how you can find them, or 800-FIX. And if you've got any issues going on with where you're living, things just aren't working, something that you think should be doing whatever it does a little bit differently, fire it at these guys. They uh, surely will be able to give you a solution to us. If you've got things going on around your house that you're trying to sort out, you're trying to build something, you're looking for some tools, materials, etc., this is the program for you. It's the DIY Colin Show with We Will Fix It. That's wewillfixit.com. Colin and Dan are here. They're kitted out and ready to go. And we're, we're going to hit into some of these questions really quickly because we've got quite a backlog that we haven't gotten to. Yes. Can we start with bird spikes? Yes. Ten years. Uh, just, what, just for the record, that is not on our list of <laughs> no, questions. No, I know. I'm really sorry, but Dan just brought it up. You because. guys have gotten into the spirit of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Winging it. <laughs> <laughs> so the bird spike. Th- now, this is a problem that so many people have. And let me let me frame it around where I live for a second, because there are also quite a few pigeons and morning doves, and, and I always wondered, why are these things hanging out? And then I noticed over in an empty lot, someone's feeding them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, where I am, I mean, that was really where this came from this time around, because for 10 years, people have been saying, can you get bird spikes? Can you get bird spikes? Yeah. And we'd looked, and we'd looked, and, you know, I think... Um, probably by the time we got to five years ago um we almost gave up on it um and then whilst there were always possibilities in um other locations um it wasn't uh, something that was economic yeah i'm just gonna say you better explain what bird spikes yeah, are someone... they're not something for spiking birds oh okay so basically <laughs> a very good point Dan. um basically <laughs> what we call bird spikes are um the strips which have spikes on that go around the perimeter of right. a roof uh, to stop birds being able to land in that particular location and then defecate over the edge, which is the main issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, now the current house that I'm in, they finally made their way round oh. to the front door, and at that moment I was solving it. There was no two ways about it. So um, as of two weeks ago, I I tasked our our um, parts department to um, to look again, and they came back with um, the bird spikes that have a plastic um, trim okay. at the bottom. That kind of that's yep. a uh, plastic mounting plate, I suppose you'd call it, 
And um, whilst those are prevalent the world over, I really didn't want those because um, in this climate, plastic and UV does not go well together. Yeah. So um, I sent them back um, just on a wing and a, pl- a prayer. I told them I'd seen them somewhere, and, you know, they, they kind of went, oh, well, if you've seen them. <laughs> and then it took about another four or five days, and finally they found these stainless steel ones. And they're sensible money. You know, they're, 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 they're really good value. So, um, and I, how, do they, how do you install them? Do you just... Construction adhesive. So okay. um, construction wow, adhesive stripped down um, the, um, the mounting plate. Um, straight on, job done. Wow. So they mount really quick. Um, I'm desperate to try and find some time for the guys to install. I bought 20 meters because I thought if you if you found them, you might as well go yeah. go for it. Um, and uh, over the next couple of days, they'll be installing them. Assuming that works well, uh, we will have them available for other people um, within the next kind of 10 days or two weeks. Here we go. That sounds like a great plan. Hmm. I admit that this is a huge issue for so many people. And those pigeons or doves, they can make so much noise, not oh. to mention the mess. Yeah, but it's also that noise, that cooing, that can just drive you nuts. Wake your baby up. Oh, you see, it's it's all coming back to the eight-month-old, isn't it? <laughs> it's very much so. Are you lacking sleep, Dan? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> and you know what? Then when you got twenty-year-olds like I've got, you still don't get any sleep because now you wonder what the twenty-year-olds are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Out all night, <laughs> raving and misbehaving. Yep. Oh, anyway, it's, it's the Uber bills. Oh, now I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> um, let's jump into this really quickly. One of the questions that came through, and I can only suspect that this has to do with the number of smart devices that we can get, our Alexas, our Google Homes, and, and Nests, and other things, that everyone seems to be talking about smart homes. And this question was, how hard is it to install smart home lighting as a retrofit? If you, do you guys do ever do any of that? We actively don't. Um, we've been approached by now, what, three of the main manufacturers, I think? There's not, there's, there are a large number, actually, as it turns out, um, to take it on. But our opinion on it is um, the technology needs to be utterly solid, mm. uh, and it needs to be standard. Right now, there's these different systems from the different companies. In fact, almost every electrical fixture manufacturer has their own smart range. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, the technology inside the um, the switches is pretty standard as it sits at the moment. But the problem is the software interface. So uh, every time yeah. Apple or Google with Android or, or whatever the, the control method is update um, their latest firmware, um, then basically you need the each of the app manufacturers to update along. Well, if they're not selling any of their brand anymore, then they're not going to bother to do that, at which point you can't control all the things that you've installed. So whilst it's always fun and exciting to be uh, be right on the cutting edge and, um, and installing everything from everyone, um, we don't like leaving people with a problem. So what we're trying to work out now is, okay, well, which way is this tipping? Who's it tipping with? And then at that stage, we'll wade right in and we'll be, we'll be right there, ready to go. Um, but Dan and I have always set up, um, set up the business to be uh, there for people permanently. Yeah. Um, and we just can't hand on heart say, okay, yeah, we can install your equipment now. But, you know, 12 months time, I've got no idea what's actually going to be supported or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody in my community has installed Nest, uh, Nest thermostats. 
and he was talking about how much he'd spent and how much he was going to save on his bills over yeah. the years. And I thought, if you actually do the maths on how long it's going to take you to repay the cost of those thermostats, it's going to take years. It, yeah. Oh, it does. I think the uh, the, 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 the general uh, gist is three to five years as a minimum. And that's before you've got the inflated price of the Middle East versus other locations. So people were, were saying, I'm, yeah, I'm renting the house and shall I install them because I'm going to save a lot of money? Well, no, unless you know you're going to be in that house for many years, it's, you're not going to get your money back on them. Mm. So we need the landlords to install these things and uh, ultimately do a favour for their, their tenants. Mm. Mm. At, the, at the right time, which okay. I don't think is yet. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, another question, and this one actually came from... Uh, nine, uh, uh, Lisa, wasn't it? Uh, Lisa, yeah, yeah she yeah. sent this one through. She had a, an issue with her kitchen cabinets and wanted to know about kitchen cabinet makeovers. And you guys had uh, a response that there are many different kinds of kitchen cabinets, which open up the door to several different options. And also seven, uh, several different positions for people in terms of if you own the property, it's very different from whether you rent the property. If you plan to stay there long term, then obviously you want a more permanent solution than if you're there for the next six or eight months. So where we start with is whether it's um, wood, aluminium or a vinyl option that you're that you're looking at. Um, for wood, generally it's a respray. There's lots of companies that do it. Mm. Um, but uh, we found that the best method is rather than using a traditional wood paint to actually use a car paint. Really? Um, something like 2K. Okay. Um, you need something stronger because if you imagine at the handle point, yep. um, you often catch it with rings and that kind of thing and, and, it, and it will damage and they're very visible. Mm. So 2K or uh, an equivalent car paint is, is much, much stronger. Um, more difficult to spray, uh, so definitely not uh, in the realm of uh, a DIY job. Um, but again, we'll work a little bit better for that. So that's wood. Okay. Now, obviously, for aluminium, you could do the same kind of route, but um, uh, I question... Is there a, is there a lot of aluminium ca- kitchen cabinetry? It tends to be uh, combined. Um, so the ca- uh, the cabinets themselves are aluminium. The base of the um, the main door is aluminium as well. And then normally it has some kind of sandwich panel on the front of it. Okay. So, um, and again, it tends to be in more traditional properties, actually. Hmm. Um, which is an interesting one. Um, now, the one that we really like, which is is quite new, is is wrapping. So the same wrapping, kind of like, like um, you do for a car. Exactly. Yeah. yeah same oh, technology nice. as that. And um, there's a new outfit that's um, that's come into the market that's getting great reviews. We we looked into them because we don't like recommending things um, on this show that, uh, that that don't have some decent feedback. So not people we know directly, um, but uh, we've uh, we've read through their feedback and it all looks solid and and genuine from customers. Uh, and that outfit is called Creative Wrap Solutions, uh, who are available on zero double five five double six four two six three. Uh, and again, for not much money, they're able to wrap um, kitchens. Um, and the nice thing about that is uh, when you come to the end of your tenancy, if your landlord doesn't like what you've done, then you can basically de-wrap them without damage being done. Wow, that's cool. So, that, yeah, exactly. So you get that benefit, but um, without losing your deposit. Well, and like a car, you've got a huge range of, of finishes and colours. You can, you can choose whatever you want. And they, are, they obviously come and install it for you. Hmm. Yes, well, oh, absolutely. It's, wow. it's not a DIY job again. Yeah. Um, but that's all. I've in, never all heard of kitchen wrapping. That's like all, that opens up a whole new avenue of, of fun. Mm. Yeah, I think the only thing with um, with wraps, and uh, we have a a long history back in the day of um, wrapping <laughs> vehicles. <laughs> in fact, the first five years, I think, was it five years, Dan? Yeah, five years. Yeah. Uh, so for the first five years, we wrapped all of our vehicles. And things to be aware of with wraps are, um, over time, heat's not good for them. Mm. So they shrink. 
Um, so that's the first thing to think about. Also, sunlight's not good for them as well. So it's even the best quality that you get, they are going to fade. So be aware of that. Um, and uh, also, uh, they're easier to damage. They're not actually particularly strong. Mm. So I'm sure the suppliers will stick. They've got the strongest thing going. And great, that's, um, that's really nice to hear. Um, but again, you do need to be quite careful with them. There we go. You're wondering what you tuned into. Colin joining us from WeWillFixIt.com. This is the Home Repair and Improvement Show. It's a DIY show. Colin and Dan joining us from WeWillFixIt. That's WeWillFixIt.com. These are the fix-it guys. And a great question that has come through about installing sunshades. And this is the time of year when we start thinking about how we can reclaim a little bit of our outdoor areas. And I see them everywhere. I see them at Carrefour. I've seen them at Ace. I've seen them at Union Co-op. They're in a box says easy to install the question that's come in for us and is how easy is it to install uh sunshades it can be it can be done diy projects for oh, somebody right. who's, uh, who's got a good powerful drill and the right materials what i think first tip on on sail shades is make sure that you've got a complete set because quite a lot of them uh, come with a sail shade and a rope but they don't have carabiners or um, or the eyelets that you need. So make sure it's a full set, first of all. Uh, make sure it's the right size for the area that you're, you're wanting to so cover. So you do a good measure. Yeah, measure up and make sure you get the right size and the right shape. If, uh, if you've got a large terrace, obviously you need a large sail shape. It's no good just having a, a small portion of it covered. Um, make, sure you, make sure you've got a good, powerful drill. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, you're going to need a couple of people. So it's going to be a two-man job. If you don't have a powerful drill, there is a way <laughs> round it. And I found this out, actually, when um, I was doing my mother-in-law. She moved into Mira now. Oh, must be, what, 12, 12 18 months ago now? 18 months, 18 I suppose. Months, yeah. And um, she, I got the phone call. Can you come around, Colin, and do whatever it is that was required? So I, um, I put everything in the car, and away I went. And, um, and there was a thunderstorm. So um, I don't like getting kind of defeated by these things. So I thought, well, I can't run extensions now, but I can at least do some of it when it's not so heavy. So I just used my battery drill. And yeah, okay. it's an 18 volt, but it's a, it's a really old one now. And um, three batteries it took to do it. But my way round using a powerful drill is if you start with a pilot hole, like a six mil pilot hole, um, if you're using something which would be pretty standard, which would be something like an M6 eyelet, um, so start with a 6mm pilot hole, which will, uh, if you're going into concrete, and then basically from that 6mm go like a 10mm and then finish it off with a 12 And that, that way you're not putting just that maximum strain straight off the bat um, on uh, your drill. Um, and instead you can actually just work your way bigger and bigger, and also it works as a guide hole anyway. So that's the way of doing it if, you don't, if you're not able to get an extension cable to where you're doing it. When I see guys installing these things, I only, when there's no wind... And when it gets windy here, and these idea of these sail shades, yeah, they're shady, but there there can be play. I often worry that thing's just going to pull right out of the wall. It's got to be tightened up. It's, it's got to be kind of be, be under strain at all times. The, the other things to think about is, is you've got to have the the right fixing points. You've, if you've got two points on the house, and then you you want to stretch it out, but there's nothing to fix it into. Yeah. What, what are you going to attach it to? Sometimes you need a concrete post putting in. If unless you've got a wall that's in the right location, you've got to have at least three fixing points, normally four. Okay, so you got to plan carefully and I, I get the I get the sense that a lot of people go out and buy these things they don't have all the parts and they don't have a third fixing point they just figure yeah. oh, I'll make it work and we and we used to get those calls all the time I've got I've got two <laughs> fixing points in the house I'm, I'm like well have you got a concrete post or a wall no well, you need three fixing points um, but or four for a square Four for a square three for a triangle mm-hmm. but uh, it is something you can do yourself and you can save lots of money that way I recommended by Mr. Colin Thomas I uh, 
a brilliant job on my container. Yeah. So I got the same guy out and did a custom sail shade for my house and wow. spent 4,000 dirhams. And then a couple of weeks later, Colin bought one off to Basel for about 400 dirhams and installed it himself. Well, the thing was, I needed, <laughs> I really needed a custom one because my container was not a standard size. Yeah. So um, the gentleman came around. Also, the nice thing is, being square, it was really nice and easy. And, you know, you're, it's either right or wrong. So the gentleman did a very good job for me. Um, but I don't feel as though he really did quite so well for you, Dan. The difficulty was we tried to get fancy. We, we looked at like swimming pool fixings. We like the ones that are twisted. So you've yeah. got two high points that are opposite and two low points that are opposite and uh, do the, 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 yeah, the twisted yeah. look. It looks great. If Boutique it's over, hotel. Yeah, if it's over around a hotel swimming pool and you've got a large area, it looks fantastic. But in your back garden, when you've only got like five metres across, it didn't look, <laughs> didn't look pretty good at all. So we've got to come back and just go high on the house, low on yeah. wall, and now we've just got a big square shade that costs four grand. <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> at, least, at least we know that it's a learning experience. See, it, you, it's a learning yeah. experience that you're bringing to everyone. Well, I, th- I think the, the lesson learned is if you if you're not going somewhere too complicated, you can buy the stuff yourself. You get the right materials. Make sure you've got good cable or, or wire, and you do can th- save yourself quite a lot of money. Do they stretch? Because that's the other thing I was wondering. Depends on exactly the type of rope that you're using. Um, actually, Ace have the most fantastic, um, like a braid um, mm. rope that. Is it uh, like climbing rope? Um, yeah, a little bit like climbing rope, but it's not um, it's not a pure nylon, um, okay. because pure nylon, the problem with that is it just looks a little bit rubbish, so it's actually yeah. a, a beigey colour, but it's very clearly woven, okay. and um, interestingly enough, I, um, uh, I, I used that on my very first one, and now we as a company use exactly the same stuff for, for, um, for all of ours, but uh, again, that one doesn't stretch. If you get an open weave or um, a natural fibre, which looks great, and then from a rope perspective, that will, that will without a doubt, um, stretch. Mm, nice. And you can do them with chain as well, but it's tricky. tricky yeah, to work with. Cutting, cutting chains uh, is yeah. a pain. Um, and also making sure that you've got that tension there. But again, you can get tensioners. And that I'd, okay. r- I'd recommend minimum of, um, minimum of, well, I'd normally go with a minimum of two. Um, so that way you can, uh, you can cover off either a triangle or alternatively okay. a rectangle. Yeah, okay. So if, if you're you know, going and getting this equipment, say you're, you've, you've head to the hardware store and, and you get one, how long, if you've got everything set up, how long are we looking to install one of these? In a thunderstorm, you can actually do it in 35 minutes. And that, <laughs> chaps, was a 5 meter by 5 meter okay. at four different heights, I'll have you know. So if you've got some skill and you've got the right equipment, this is a pretty easy job. Yeah. I, think, I think it's more an hour and a half. I was absolutely gunning for it um, <laughs> in between. It's amazing how a thunderstorm can actually focus your mind. Um, but I would say an hour to an hour and a half is, is okay. perfectly adequate. Assume that you've got all the right gear. Yeah. And um, you know, you, you, it's and do your measurements. Do your measurements, do your measurements before measurements, you buy. <clears throat> yeah, and anchor bolts are more complex than other fixings, so you don't want to get it wrong. If you go too big with the hole especially, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Or just up the size of the anchor bolt. But an M6, M6 for uh, any standard domestic application should be fine, which is the size of anchor bolt, which is written on the side of every anchor bolt. Um, best to use eyelets rather than hooks, so that way if it does flap, um, it's not coming off anywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, if you do mess it up, go one size bigger on the anchor bolt and re-drill. There we go. And Speedex is good for all that kind of gear. Absolutely. You, wherever you get the sail shades from, if you need more eyelets and all that kind of thing, go to Speedex. I think they have sail shades as well. They certainly, yeah. certainly have sometimes. Yeah, they do. I prefer the Ace ones. 
okay. myself. All right. All right. Nice mm. for your sail shades, speed X for your bolts. There we go. You're, you're spreading the love. <laughs> Gentlemen, we've, we've ran through the time, but we still have things on the list, so we'll have to get back to those next week. And, of course, keep your suggestions coming in, whether that be emailing them, nightline at dubaii1038.ae, whether that be phoning into the studio, SMSing into the studio, or stopping us on the street. You know, get the questions to us. We'll do it all again next week, same place, same time. And in the meantime, if you need to get in touch with these guys at WeWillFixIt, that's WeWillFixIt.com or 800-FIX. Colin and Dan, that's who we've been talking to. And you guys, uh, you keen to come back next week? Always. All right. Absolutely. We're going to solving all your problems next week right here on The Colin Show.